from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 11 minutes after 5 on this Tuesday morning. Great to be with you here on Wisconsin's Morning News. You told me something that was interesting uh, about your son. He took one of those tests they take in high school that tells you what you're going to be. Yeah, it must be a sophomore thing or something. And it, it, I think it is, yeah. It actually, he came home. <laughs> he's all cocky about it. He's like, yep, it says it's lonely at the top when you're so smart and blah, blah, blah. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then it said he was going to be an architect, which is funny because he's been taking a couple of architecture classes. He's all in on, oh, really? on that. And I, you know, I always scoff a little bit. Because I'm like, well, okay, you're, you know, you're 16. How do you know really what you want to do yet? But great, you know. So the aptitude test, put it right there, bullseye. What's this about being lonely at the top? Uh, something. <laughs> something about because you're smart. Sometimes you feel that other people aren't as smart as you, or something. I'm like, <laughs> and, okay, and that okay, resonated buddy. with him. Yeah. And then it also said that he was socially clueless. <laughs> which, which that resonated with you? <laughs> I laughed at him because he's like, yeah, it also it said I was socially clueless. And I was like, ha, ha. well, that explains the lonely at the top thing. <laughs> no, I think it means like if you're, you know, a Steve Jobs type, you're you're a genius. Like other folks don't see, like it's, it's tough. Like other people don't speak your language. Right. Right. We, we used to say that in the army a lot. Mighty yeah. lonely on top, meaning you're the best. Right, yeah. 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 So I tried to, you know, re-spin this. Actually, you know what? You should uh, maybe text a friend right now and just remind them that you're there for them or something just to, you know, if you want to be more socially inclusive with everybody else. So my kid, uh, all of my kids did it. I don't remember anything significantly about the girls, but I remember my son got a very highly specific, like, this is what you could be. Okay. Was it my son or one of my daughters? I can't remember which one of the kids. I thought it was my son, but either way, it was like uh, out of left field. Okay. Recreational vehicle mechanic. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Not just that. ATVs, all right. So first of all, I'm the second or third least handy person in the United States of America. All right. My dad might be less handy than me. I mean, and that's where you learn a lot of that stuff from. My wife, though, is very handy, so I guess they could get it from her. Her dad was a uh, an auto mechanic and a bunch of other things, so maybe that aptitude is in there somewhere. Yeah, those I characteristics. Have yes. Yeah. If one of the two of us were to hone that for them, it would be her. Mm-hmm. But I don't see my kids like working with their hands or doing tool sort of thing. Not, like now, your your boy though, he's got a little techie in him though, right? Like I guess or the, the creation of techiness. I could see that, but where do we get RV mechanic? Like not <laughs> just, I would have taken like the larger umbrella of mechanic. You should do something with your hand. You like to fix things. Whatever. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just RVs, not mm-hmm. not regular cars. <laughs> Don't bring your don't bring your truck in. He can't do nothing with that. Yeah, just the RV. Just stuff. the RV. But if you got a big rec- recreational vehicle, so that type, okay. bring that on in. So it's only RVs. Only right. RVs. None of the other tech. I things. was hoping maybe the sm- the four wheelers or a snowmobile. Nope, can't help nope. you. Okay, All can't right. help Never mind. You. It's got to be a big RV that we can work <laughs> with. Five fourteen on Wisconsin's morning news. Brandon has some big Packers news coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Quarterback watch in Green Bay is heating up as ESPN's Dan Graziano, who joined Get Up on Monday, 
He thinks the Packers may have a big say in what the future in Green Bay could look like. What has to happen is, as, as Adam mentioned, Rodgers and the Packers have to have a conversation. And I think it's going to be a two-way conversation. I don't think it's a matter of the Packers saying, okay, Aaron, what do you want to do? And then doing it. I think the Packers have some input here. I think when we heard their general manager, Brian Gutekunst, earlier this week, uh, it sounded like, you know, at least the organization was ready to consider the possibility of moving on and moving on to Jordan Love and then having their young quarterback grow with their young rosters. So uh, once that conversation takes place and they figure out the way to move forward, that's when I think you'll see trade talks heat up. And that's when, you know, we'll find out who wants the Jets. Maybe it's the Panthers. The Raiders, I think, are a team to watch in this as well. So uh, at some point, there needs to be that kind of summit meeting. I imagine it happens post-combine uh, between Rodgers and the Packers' brain trust. Well, speaking of trade rumors, Trey Wingo has reported late Monday evening, about five hours ago to be exact, that the New York Jets and the four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers have reportedly met in regards to his playing future. Wingo also adding to his report, nothing is imminent, but that Rodgers is open to the idea of playing in New York. More, more news in the NFL, according to Adam Schefter, the 2022 Comeback Player of the Year, Geno Smith, has agreed to a three-year, $105 million deal with the Seattle Seahawks. He'll get $52 million in his first year. It's a big, big week on the horizon for the NFL. And speaking of horizon, the UWM Panthers were in Indiana last night facing off with Cleveland State in a bid to advance to the Horizon League's tournament finals. It was a slow start for the Panthers, who saw a 28-point deficit early, but gave some fight in the second half. Browning back on a step-through, kick to Jalen Johnson, contact, scores it, and Jalen will go for three again. Scott Warris over on the call on 101.7 The Truth there. Jalen Johnson would lead the team with a season-high 24 points, but it would not be enough as the magical season for Bart Lundy and the crew comes to an end with a 93-80 loss in the semifinals. Oh, I thought we had good prep, but we gave up, I mean, a 10-0 run, all layups. They didn't make a three and score 46 points in the first half. Just our systems broke down. It's disappointing. You know, you just got to regroup. Uh, hopefully we get a little postseason here and, uh, no, just disappointing. As you heard at the tail end there, not all is lost for the Panthers as the Horizon League tournament comes to an end for UWM. But the postseason has not for now as the program has accepted an invite to the College Basketball Invitational. And sticking with college hoops and the Horizon League for that matter, the University of Green Bay Women's Phoenix are moving on to their tournament final after outlasting Purdue-Fort Wayne 69-65 on Monday afternoon. The Phoenix will play the number 2 seed Cleveland State today at 11 a.m. If the Phoenix win, it will be their first automatic bid to the NCAA tournament since 2018. Coming up, Patty is coming back. Signing Unlimited, WTMJ News Time 519. You can always count on my love forevermore. I need you. Just easing on into this Tuesday morning. <laughs> Patty. Remember, we wondered at the time what was going to happen with the Patty LaBelle concert. Y'all going to do Patty like this? Yeah, we did Patty like that. She is coming back. Patty LaBelle coming back this year. Details on her show in a moment, but you may remember her show at the, uh, at the Riverside in Milwaukee back in December cut short after only a song or two due to a bomb threat at the Riverside Theater. Here's the moment that they took Patty off stage. Hey! 
she's awkward. That was the last thing we heard from Patty. <laughs> Just walked her off stage, and that yeah. was it. Like her people came in and mm-hmm. like, uh, we got to go. And that was that. So they evacuated the Riverside. And I have to make the comment again. It was an 8 o'clock show. It was nearly 9.30. She's only one song in. Patty, you're a legend. You can do whatever you want. But why don't you start your show at 8? <laughs> <laughs> it was a school night. Come on now. <laughs> That's me with the concerts. I, the worst ever was Prince at Summerfest one year. It was... I think it was like an eight o'clock again, eight o'clock show. It was nine thirty, almost ten, like before he took the set. Like, Come and there's on. no open, right? Because Prince is Prince, doesn't need an doesn't opening. Doesn't need act, an open, right? If you want a ten o'clock show, tell me ten, <laughs> and I'll decide whether or not I can stay conscious that long. <laughs> totally worth it. One of the definitely a top five show of all time. But not the point of this story, anyway. Eric, they evacuated the Riverside, and and here's this lady posting to social media as everybody's out on the street wondering what's up. Y'all, Patty just came on stage, and we got to evacuate because somebody threatened. Well, the police outside because they said it's a bomb threat, so everybody got to evacuate. Patty came out and did one song, y'all. They came and got Patty off that stage so fast, y'all. Oh my God. Yeah, they they did one song, y'all. <laughs> So that was it. No show. And we had Dr. Ken Harris on shortly after, a former Milwaukee police lieutenant. Mm-hmm. He was telling us, like, listen, not our job to, like, clear the place and tell them, go ahead and go back in. Well, because that was my question is whether or not, like, okay, so what do you do in this situation? Who makes the call to clear the venue? Because obviously, I, I mean, this seemed to be unprecedented. Never really heard of this where someone in the middle of a song is at the Riverside told, okay, we're done. Well, and Ken said, like, MPD's not going to make that call. That's up to the Riverside. You do right. what you want. We come out there. We respond. But we're not saying go ahead and have the show or don't have the show. That's right. that's not our deal. So, I mean, not only sucks for the folks who were there at the show, but, I mean, come on, Milwaukee. That's embarrassing. This shit bogus as hell. Milwaukee, oh, my God. Look what y'all did, Milwaukee. Look what y'all did. Y'all didn't fuck somebody Christmas gift, birthday, everything. Because y'all want to send out a damn bomb threat at the Patty concert. <laughs> yeah, she's right, though. <laughs> she right. a great point. Like, that's, that's like a big gift for somebody. So bad, right? So Patty and the Riverside, they're going to make it good. Wasn't their fault, but they're making it that's up to cool. these folks. The uh, cool. show is coming up May 20th, this spring here, from the Paps Theater Group. And don't be confused. The show is at the Riverside. Paps Theater, Paps Theater Group is the one that books that venue. All previously issued tickets and parking passes will be honored at the Riverside Theater on the new date and do not need to be exchanged. So if you had your ticket, you got your ticket. Additionally, there are still other tickets available as well. Patty LaBelle at the Riverside Theater, rescheduled show from December. PapsTheaterGroup.com for tickets. Everybody got to evacuate the building because it's a bomb threat. Y'all going to do Patty like this? After those people crossed into the Mexican state of Matramar. Matamaros, just across the border from Brownsville, Texas. ABC's Andrew Dimbert. The State Department is working with Mexico's government to find the Americans identified as Latavia Tay McGee, Shaid Woodard, Zindel Brown, and Eric Williams. Brown's family says they spoke to him the day before he was kidnapped. I felt a little uneasy because I told him I had a dream. You know, I said, so I'm just checking on you. That's what I told him Thursday. And then, like I said, Friday morning, I texted and I didn't get anything. McGee's mother says her daughter traveled from South Carolina to Mexico to get a Brazilian butt lift. Coming up, an iconic Milwaukee venue needs your help. Siding Unlimited, WTMG. 
Man, you warned me. You warned me. I told, I, I told you exactly what was going to happen, and it still happened. Can't he have at least tagged it out with a standard out cue, you know? <laughs> Andrew Dimbert, Andrew Dimbert ABC, ABC, News. ABC News. That would have given me like just one more beat before I had to go into the next read. Anything to help you, it, it would just, have been nice. He's not helping me today. I did an auditory double take. <laughs> yeah. Through us all. But we saw it coming. Still couldn't get through You did everything you could. That's 100% <laughs> on me. And Andrew Dimbert. <clears throat> Siding Unlimited, WTMJ News, time 535. Get a Brazilian butt lift. Okay, the text line is back open if you want to text Pancake about that song choice this morning. 542 on Wisconsin's Morning News. we got to move on. Big day, actually, for the Milwaukee Public Museum. And for all of us who love it, we're going to get new information today on what it's going to look like inside. That belongs in a museum. So do you. Much debate over what belongs in the museum. Uh, here of late, right, because NPM over the next two to three months is going to slow roll out new details on what the exhibit space is going to include when the museum relocates to its new building going up just north of the Deer District downtown. So what do we learn today? NPM is holding a big to-do at the current museum. Nine o'clock this morning is when they're going to reveal the first uh, standing gallery. We know it's going to be called time travel. They told us last week the time travel gallery is dedicated to exploring the deep past, including when the dinosaurs roamed the Earth. Their exhibits focused on three of the planet's geological chapters, Paleozoic, Mesozoic, and Cenozoic eras. So this is for those folks who love to go visit the volcano part and the glacier and the ice age and then into the dinosaurs. It's for them. This is what that is. Okay. So we'll have sketches. They're promising sketches, Eric. Ooh, we love those. Video presentation of the time travel gallery, including some of the exhibits that it will feature. Awesome. So all good. And that's just the first. We know that there are going to be five of these standing galleries. These are the things that you can visit over and over and over again. And then they'll also have uh, two areas where they'll put more of the things from the museum collection on display. And those will, you know, change from time to time. And then one space for those big traveling exhibits. But uh, this is the first, the first of the five standing galleries. And we're going to learn more about that later this morning. That belongs in a museum. So do you. Brandon Snide's got some breaking Packers news. That's coming up next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Quarterback watch in Titletown continues as former ESPN's Trey Wingo has reported the New York Jets and the Packers' four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers have reportedly met. And although nothing is imminent, he reports Rodgers is open to playing in New York. Certainly there will be more to follow on that story as the day continues, so stay tuned as the NFL new league year begins on March 15th. And over to college hoops, as the Milwaukee men's basketball team was in Indiana on Monday to face off with Cleveland State for a chance to advance to the conference title. And after being down 28 points early in the first half, the deficit proved 
to be too much for UWM as their automatic bid to the big dance came to an end. It'll be a wire-to-wire win for Cleveland State in the semifinals of the Horizon League tournament after the Panthers had a wire-to-wire win in the quarterfinal round, 93-80. to Cleveland State beats the Milwaukee Panthers here tonight. Scott Warris on 101.7 The Truth with the final call there. Jalen Johnson led the way for the Panthers with a season-high 24 points, and after winning a total of 21 games, the Panthers' tournament season comes to an abrupt finish. Head coach Bart Lundy on the fight of his team throughout the course of the season. We fought, we fought all year long. You know, it was never pretty. You know, some of our some of our flaws came out tonight in the worst way. But having fight and competitive spirit, that's never been a never been a problem. And uh, you know, that's what we uh, that's kind of what we had going. <laughs> the only thing we had going at times, but. Sometimes that's uh, that's the most important thing, and it, you know it's something as a coach you can build a program on. The Horizon League tournament came to an end for the UWM Panthers, but the postseason has not, for now at least, as the program has officially accepted an invite for the College Basketball Invitational. And sticking with college hoops, as the Wisconsin Badgers get set to face off with Ohio State on Wednesday in their first round of the Big Ten tournament, ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi joined ESPN Madison to discuss the path for the Badgers in order to secure a spot in the big dance. Well, if we assume that, you know, we're talking at large and then mm-hmm. not winning the whole tournament, right? Right. Then you have to – then we know they're going to lose the game, right? Right. Presumably against a really good tournament-level team. So I would say to move ahead, they need to win more of those games than they lose. So – at least two wins, and maybe three to be safe. Joel Lenardi there. He currently has Wisconsin as one of the last four teams out of the big dance. And over to the NBA, where the Milwaukee Bucks, who currently reside in the one seed in the Eastern Conference, they get set to take on the Orlando Magic tonight. Newly acquired Goran Dragic, who is not expected to play. However, there is some building excitement about what he could bring to the first place Bucks. Excited to play with him. Uh, I had a conversation with him yesterday. Good guy. I've known him for a while now. Uh, played against him a lot of times. So he's just uh, he's one of those guys that you're happy to have him on your team and uh, then play against him. The Bucks right now with a two-game lead in the Eastern Conference over the Boston Celtics. You can catch full coverage of Bucks and Magic right here on WTMJ beginning at 5.30. Coming up, how is Darth Vader like this former world leader? That story next on Wisconsin's Morning News. So you know Darth Vader? I do. Yes. I do know Darth. Eric and I are both big fans of The Star Wars. Darth Vader has the force choke, right? His signature move. Mm -hmm. We're giving you clairvoyance enough to find the rebel's hidden fort. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Okay, that's the original. Yeah. Governor Tuck and all those other suited up clowns in the Star Wars there. That guy's going at Vader about how he didn't recover the Death Star plans, right? Mm-hmm. And making, making fun of the sorcery, right? The old use of the Force, and Vader shows him what the Force Bad does. Idea. Yeah, Just yeah. starts doing the pinching motion, and this guy is choking right in front of him. So I'm reading this book right now. It's about contemporary politics, and it relates. How is that possible? First, though, a couple more Vader moments, though. It, it became comical. You got one shot to follow orders, and you screw it up, and you get dead. He just moved down to flight speed, and we're preparing to... <laughs> He's another guy. <laughs> you have failed me for the last time, Admiral. 
Captain Piet? Yes, my lord. Make ready to land our troops beyond their energy field, then deploy the fleet so that nothing gets off the system. You are in command now, Admiral Piet. Okay, so one admiral down, mm-hmm. Piet gets the promotion there, on the spot while, before dude's even dead. <laughs> so he's collapsing in the background, Vader I with the forest choke, right. And I think that one's in the beginning of Jedi. Uh, no, he, beginning of Empire, right? Because he came out of light speed too the, soon. Yeah, and then there's yeah, their right. apology accepted. Another one, the guy loses the Millennium Falcon, also in Empire, says he'll go apologize to Lord Vader. Apology accepted, Captain Nida. So Captain Nida's dead now. <laughs> so oh anyway, not that I need a reason to talk Star Wars, but I've been reading something, and this is art imitating life. This actually happened with a world leader from Bob Woodward's book called Fear. And he's writing about Kim Jong-un in North Korea and the North's expansion of its nuclear capabilities. And this is the guy President Trump would initially call Rocket Man. Rocket Man is on a suicide mission for himself. Right. So Woodward is writing about uh, this vision that the president promoted and Americans seemed amused by about who the dictator of North Korea is. Despite here's what here's what Woodward writes. Despite the public cartoon, that case has him as an unstable madman. Sensitive intelligence reporting showed that Kim, now age 34, was a much more effective leader of the North's nuclear weapons and missiles program than his father, Kim Jong-il. Now, in North Korea, you've got more than a, a half century of familial rule. Mm-hmm. And Kim Il-sung is uh, his, uh, his son, Kim Jong-il, and now Kim Jong-un is Il's son. So Un is in charge now. Yep. So speaking of the current guy's predecessor... Listen to what Woodward writes about how he handled failure in the aspiring nuclear program. He's writing now about Kim Jong-il, former leader of North Korea. The elder Kim had dealt with weapons test failures by ordering the deaths of the responsible scientists and officials. They were shot. Oh, my gosh. So they fire off a missile test. It doesn't work. And he just had them executed. Jeez. He's Darth Vader. Yeah. Apology accepted. Come on. That was real. Think about how, how in, this is going to sound really silly, but how ineffective that is, too. Exactly. Yeah, cost ineffective, because think about it. I mean, I don't know. Do they get paid? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What but think are. about it. Then you're losing. Now you got to get another one in there. Yeah, you got to start the whole process exactly. over. Well, and that was Woodward's point in the book and why he believes that Kim Jong-un is a little bit more effective leader and why their program has advanced is he writes, you He's know, not that, just killing people. Yeah. Un realized Kim, Kim Jong-un realized that there's trial and error in science and that's how you learn and grow. So he keeps the guys around, lets them make mistakes to a point. I suppose. And then their nuclear program and their missile program has grown. But just how nuts is that? That you have. Do you think they have like team exercises like other companies and corporations? Absolutely, do? they do. Right. They get bagels and things. <laughs> they, <laughs> bagels. They have whatever they have, but this guy <laughs> in real life, he was Darth Vader. I find your lack of faith disturbing. 